So this is Thrive Differently with Coach Nicole. I am so excited and to be quite honest, a bit nervous as this is going to be my first solo episode. I really wanted to give you a little bit of a taste of me and what I'm about and some things that I like to talk about. And so today I'm going to talk about creative procrastination. Just getting to here, starting my first podcast, there was so many different procrastination techniques that I had used. And the way I like to think about it was I was just being very creative in the process. What is creative procrastination? This is an overarching title for creative, visionary, growth-seeking, adventurous minds who have a habit of not getting shit done because the act of creativity and learning takes over. A little side note here, during the outline for this episode, I was doing my own creative research and I learned that a word for procrastinator is actually conctator, conctator, which I thought was quite interesting. So if you want to add that to your list of words in your vocabulary when you want to call yourself out but don't want to say procrastinator because everybody knows what that is and you want to use conctator, go for it. Let's make it a thing. So today I want to first start with the different types of procrastinating. As you're new to me and I'm new to podcasts, I think it's important for you to know that I love to do some research. So there's tons of researching and digging in, which is why this episode obviously was so dear to my heart. Because in that research, I procrastinated and I'm even procrastinating actually getting the topic kicked off. So here we go again. Two overarching types of procrastinators. The one you have is a passive procrastinator. Passive procrastinators delay tasks because they have trouble making decisions and acting on them. The second type of procrastinator is an active procrastinator. And this is the type of person who delays tasks with a purpose because working under pressure allows them to feel challenged and motivated. As someone who loves to put a little bit of quirk into work, of course, I want to help you, but I also want you to have a good giggle as we go through this. So I wanted to go through a few titles that I came up with for different behavioral styles of procrastination. As you're hearing these, think about, can I identify with any of these? So the first one is called the idealist luck chaser. This is the person who believes that everything shall work out And it often does. So your idealists who say, I don't necessarily have to do this because it's going to work out eventually. The skies are blue. The birds are singing. It's just a beautiful day. How could things not go my way with a beautiful day? Yeah, so those are called the idealist luck chasers. Moving on to the next little bucket of procrastination, I like to call the second group the overloader yes doters. Those who just love to spoil the worlds with yeses, yes to everything. Yes, I can do this for you. Yes, I can go there. Yes, I have nothing more important. They put everybody else first and saying yes. And the things that actually have to get done that are truly important to them get put on the back corner. The third is a hedonistic task avoider. And these are people who avoid the painful task just to enjoy the pleasure at the present. If you think about 
things that you just don't like doing. Like maybe it's an email, maybe it's taxes, maybe you're a great creative and you love designing social media posts. So you spend your time thinking of creative ways to do that and avoiding the fact that you actually have to pay your bills or respond to an, an email, things like that. So hedonistic task avoider. And then you have the practically perfect, in every way, perfectionist. These are the people who avoid putting off tasks for the fear of not doing it completely right. It's if I can't do it or spend the time right now to do it right, I'm going to not do it because it's not going to be done the way that I want it to be. And so I just don't. And therein lies the procrastinating. I will definitely say as a perfectionist in recovery, this is something that really holds true to me. Even in this, I just literally paused the podcast to re-record because I didn't like the way that things were being presented. The final one you have is called the blame ranger. You know, it's those people who always have fingers pointing. Hey, you over there. Hey, this over there. Hey, that happened. Instead of being accountable for why you're not doing things, you are blaming someone else or something else. Maybe it's sickness or you just don't feel well or you drank too much the night before or someone made you mad or you're just not in the mood or inspired. You don't have enough time and this time thing comes up over and over again. You're blaming everything else for the reasons why you're not getting it done. There could be some other ones out there. I don't know. If you have an idea for another behavioral style of a procrastinator, I'd love to hear some feedback. Whether or not you identify here or you're creating your own name in your head, there's something that you're probably putting off right now. There's some level of procrastination that is entering into your life. We're humans. We find ways to put off things, especially if it comes to enjoyment. If we're going to live in the moment, enjoy. And I'm not saying don't do that's freaking awesome and important. But are you truly enjoying the moment? Because if something's in the back of your head or it's causing you stress, you're probably not really enjoying the things that make you so happy in the moment because your brain's still being filled up. So by procrastinating, we end up taking away from some of the joy that we're seeking. When you think about all of that and why you put off tasks, there's going to be multiple reasons and characteristics of why we do procrastinate. It's boring. You might be frustrated. It's difficult or hard to do. You might be unclear about what the direction is or what you need to do to get started. It might not be structured or planned. And so, again, if you don't know where to get started and it's not structured at the same time, it might be difficult really getting shit done, to be quite honest. And then if it's not rewarding, the process itself isn't fun. It may not have personal meaning to you. And I understand that. We should be aligning with things that really give us meaning and that energize us. Sometimes you just got to get things done that lead to that true feeling of being in the moment and joy and awareness. I just relate to you. This is something that most of us deal with or it's something that is occurring in our lives over and over and over again. Being that perfectionist in recovery, it can sometimes make me not want to get things done. I have been thinking really long and hard about how have I overcome this and how am I actually in recovery instead of a person who continues to struggle with it? How am I putting out the things that I'm doing now and starting to gain traction and momentum? I wanted to share a few of my tips of ways to combat creative procrastination. So I hope you enjoy these and they're weird and quirky, just like me and our business and hopefully you too.
I like to call it the Thrive Five. You might have seen it in my social posts, but Thrive Five. These are the five different ways that you can combat procrastination. Number one, make it a game. Who doesn't love a good game? And by making it a game, you get creative with it. But I wanted to give you an example of something that I do. I'm a former athlete. You'll start to learn more about me as I go through this show. But as a former athlete, I used to use a method in my training called Tabata. It's a balance between give as much as you can and try to beat your last round with rest involved. I was a soccer player outside of performing on the field. I needed to supplement what I was doing in my performance into creative ways that inspired me so that I can do my part as a teammate, but also really improve as a player. I started thinking about the different ways that Tabata had helped me because it's a competition. It's try to beat your last round. Just give as much as you can. It's not about being perfect. It's about practicing that high level of intensity. That's all it is. And I thought about it and I said, okay, let's try to give this a shot. And so say, for instance, you have trouble getting something done. I'm going to use this podcast for an example. I was having difficulty even going on by myself solo. I'm nervous. Are people going to like what I have to say? Am I going to say it the right way? Are they going to like my accent? Am I going to curse too much? Am I wearing the right clothes? All these different things that started to creep into my head. And what I did is I decided to flip it and say, no, this is a freaking game, Nicole. Get in the game. And so during that method, I said, okay, you get one minute to look at how do you want to approach this podcast? What do you want to say? And then guess what? After that minute, take a deep breath. You got another minute and it's time to freaking go. And you're turning the light on and you're turning the mic on and you're going. And that's what I did. So think about something that you might struggle with as an entrepreneur. Say, for instance, you really are like, okay, I need to create my quarterly goals. Instead of taking on this massive task, literally set a time clock, one minute, write down as many goals as you can. Great. Pause. One minute. Do something enjoyable in between that. Take a few deep breaths, grab a sip of coffee, whatever it may be. Then restart. One minute again. Pound out as many goals that you have there. And keep repeating that until it starts to look like what you want it to look like. What ends up happening is by the end of this, you're going to see that you have this list. And because all you're trying to do is write as much as you can, you start to erase that part in your head that says, oh, I have to overthink this or, oh, it's not good enough or it's someone else's fault because you're just in your head to focus on short bursts of time. It really helps to create that momentum and information that you need to actually get closer to where you are. And so what I would do is even take this and in making it a game, I'd say, okay, great. Now I have all of these different goals that I set. And now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna write them on a post-it note and I'm gonna put them on my desk and I'm gonna organize them and see where they overlap. Okay, great. That's another game. It's almost like coloring in some ways. You know, oh, I'm gonna put all the blues over here and the pinks over here and it's gonna look so great. And then from there you say, okay, what's the common theme? Boom, you got it. Whoop, there's your goals for the quarter. And so again, it's weird, it's creative, but thinking about how you can really make things that you want to avoid a game. Games are supposed to be fun and competition for me is fun. The time clock is part of the competition for me. At the end of the day, it's been really working for me. And I would love to know if you try it out, shoot me a DM 
Hit me up on the good old website, the Google search, and uh, love to hear about it. Or if you've come up with a new game, let's make it a thing. All right. So that's number one. Let's make it a game. Number two, create a schedule for yourself first thing in the morning. All right. I got this notebook that I use, and I'm a big notebook person. What I do is the first thing in the morning when I get up, the first thing I do in the morning when I get up is have a cup of coffee. But after that, Oh, and after I brush my teeth. Oh, more procrastination. Here we go. Okay. The first business thing I do in the morning is to make a schedule of what I'm going to do for today. It's a yellow notebook and it says, make yourself proud. I like to have motivational stickers on my things. It's just a reminder. I'm here to help the world and I want to make myself proud first so I can help you. And making myself proud is putting out things that I feel will help change somebody's life or motivate them, or even just put a fucking smile on their face. And so when I pull out this notebook, I literally write all the things that I want to do for that day. Instead of just saying, okay, here is the five things that I'm going to do today, I actually use the time. I use time. And what I mean by that is if I'm getting work kicked off at 9 a.m., I will say from 9 a.m. to 9.30 I am going to create a social media post from 9.30 to 10.30. I'm going to do research for a client. And I go through the day like that. The other thing that I do is I also schedule things that are really important to me. So right now I am definitely on a journey to get back to feeling really good. And part of that for me is exercise. I'm part of this amazing community called F45. And they have a class at 12.15 every day. It's only 45 minutes. I schedule from noon to 1.15 from the time it takes me to leave my house, get there, work out, and come home. Then all of the business stuff gets placed around that. And then if I have my children, I'm a single mom. So when I have my boys and they have hockey or they want to play games or whatever we have planned for the day, I like to schedule that into my day as well. What it helps to do is, first of all, it makes sure that you prioritize you and your life. The things that are really important to you, and I would really recommend putting the personal stuff first, you get to see over the course of time all the things that you've gotten done. I love to put some check marks in there too because that visual, it gives you confidence as you move forward. When you start to put in times, you get to see how long tasks are really taking you. So for instance, for me, I've been putting in half hour blocks for my social media design and creating, but it's been taking me a lot longer. And my question is, Is it taking me a lot longer because it should take a lot longer? Is it taking me a lot longer because I'm overthinking it? And I realized that it's really about overthinking it. It doesn't have to be creative. If it comes from the heart, people are going to like it. And if they don't like it, then we're probably not going to vibe anyways. As you go through that, you get to see like, where are you avoiding things? Or where are you using your perfectionistic measures of why things aren't getting done? That time and understanding how long things take is really important to track progress, but also to motivate you and say, hey, I could do this better. I could do this faster. It took me 20 minutes yesterday. Let's go. And there comes the game thing again. What can I say? First thing in the morning, create a schedule. It's awesome. It's been helping. The third thing, and this is simple. I'm not going to rant on and on about this, but change your location. Especially if you have trouble getting motivated. Sometimes all it means is like literally changing where you are. Right now I'm in my office, but I just moved it around because I wanted to have something where I could look out. Like I have a beautiful view in front of my yard where I get to see kids playing and friends walking and dogs running around. And it's amazing. Just looking at that 
there's so much beauty in the world in front of me. And it motivates me to put beauty in the world to you. But sometimes, you know what, if I'm being creative and I really need to stop looking at the trees and being inspired, but I need to actually put things into work, I love to go to a coffee shop because I'm watching people around me, watching them doing work and just being around in an environment of other people also getting shit done. It just feels good to be around that. And it motivates you both by the visual, but also that feeling that you get of community. And plus community just rocks. You never know who you're going to meet. But yeah, you're having trouble getting shit done. Go ahead, change your location. See if it works. Just see if it works. Number four, create a reward system for yourself. So I'm actually using my little sidekick here, my microphone that I'm using right now. I haven't given them a word or a name yet, but I'm going to use they, them because this is an inclusive podcast. And I think that my microphone does not um, identify in any gender and we support them in their journey. I support you in your journey into being whatever you want. Okay, sorry, I was talking to my microphone. I was so pumped to start a podcast. I was so excited to be able to share my message through words. I had a lot of things that I needed to get done. First, I had to have a website. I had to also have a social media. How will you ever find me if I don't exist? And so what I did, I created a reward. And my reward was when your social media account is up and running and you have nine posts and your website is functional with four pages, you can start recording your podcast. So I literally had my mic sitting on my desk and it stared at me. It was that visual reminder that I am working towards something that I am going to enjoy. And that was my reward. And it motivated me. If it's a Friday and you're like, I am not motivated to go to work. I cannot wait to pour my cocktail and go sit outside with friends. Put your cocktail glass on your windowsill or put it right next to you. Just stare at it empty. Basically torture yourself. It's a wonderful thing. Torture for a reward is a wonderful thing. I'm telling you, try it. It's great. I know I'm weird, but like you have a reward sitting right next to you. You put the work in. That can come. And it will just get the shit done so you can enjoy it. And the final one, and this isn't because I'm a coach, but literally grab an accountability partner. There's so much value in community. There's so much value to connection. And there's so much value to having someone who can help hold you accountable and push you to levels that you can't go toward yourself. That's what coaching is. Coaching is not judgment. Coaching is not telling you what to do or how to do it. Coaching is getting you to discover something within yourself that you could not do alone. And so having an accountability partner, and I love it via coaching. I have my coach. My coach is Teresa. I also worked with the wonderful Mary Hyatt. I also worked with Greg Keller. I have worked with some amazing coaches in this world. And even when I'm not paying them to be my coach, I'm still accountable to them because they're following my success. And that's what coaches do, right? It's not just about that one-time exchange of payment. It's you've created a connection and someone has been able to see you so genuinely and understand what you want to a level that motivates you beyond belief. And you're not just trying to be accountable for yourself, but you're also doing it for the person that they see you for. And I think that's the identity piece of not only seeing yourself, but also being seen 
finding accountability partner who truly sees you like that will really hold you to that higher standard of getting things done and getting things done that truly matter, that move the needle, that help you thrive. I mean, that put a freaking smile on your face, that give you joy, that give you laughter. I'm not trying to preach, but we only got this one life to live and we're going to procrastinate. Give yourself permission to say it's okay, but then hopefully you have some tools here or at least it gets your mind to start thinking about when you are procrastinating. It's just naming it. Name it and figure out ways that maybe make small little changes and get more done. But be you. All right, that's it. Soul episode, first one. I'm so stoked to bring you some more here soon. And I have some awesome guests coming up. I'm so happy to be here with you. I wish you joy. I wish you love. So happy that you're here with us. Love you. Coach Nicole, out. <laughs>